Welcome to the Pulse Podcast, personal conversations about life, leadership, and legacy with inspiring founders, entrepreneurs, and leaders of industry. I am R. Adam Smith, founder of Wisdom Board. I am pleased to host this podcast episode. Wisdom Board is a fast-growing digital leadership platform powered by curated content, blue chip services, valuable human capital resources, and an expansive expert network. Wisdom Board is dedicated to empowering excellence for private companies at the board level. I'm here with Ara Katz, the uh, co-founder of Seed Health and Seed.com, an amazing consumer health and therapeutics business that is extremely uh, fast-growing and a extremely high-quality product for personal wellness. Um, very innovative, and a friend of mine, and someone that uh, I really admire and impressed with the organization. Uh, as well as the uniqueness of the of the product, uh, it's great to have you on our podcast today, Era. Thank you for having me. So, tell us a bit about yourself um, before Seed Health, and how did you how did you get to make this previously small, beautiful company now somewhat larger? So, before you know, prior to Seed, um, you know, I come from this like very strange intersection between storytelling design and tech and and that you know certainly has taken me from more traditional media um i've produced a number of films uh all kinds of you know interesting work at like the media lab um working on like new and future uh ui and ux of storytelling and new mediums um and how storytelling could you know translate really kind of complex ideas and technologies I also started to, and and kind of in my foray into tech was actually through e-commerce and mobile commerce. And, you know, I got, I think my startup training that led me to seed really, you know, helped me understand, I think really deeply understand like growing businesses online, growing communities online, and then really kind of also the excitement of being at the forefront of different areas within, uh, within tech. And so really understanding like these kind of zero to one moments and particularly like my last company in mobile commerce, like we were one of the first 14 partners to launch Apple pay. And, you know, so just, just kind of, you know, having, being in that excitement of like, wow, we know you could touch your touch one button and pay for things, which, you know, sounds so silly today to appreciate, but of course there was a moment where this didn't exist. And so I think that I really, that's probably like where I got the bug of like th- these kind of zero to one possibilities in the world. Um, and then I think, you know, from a more personal perspective, I've been a health and science nerd and, you know, my, my whole life, my mom died when I was in high school. And I think that was my first experience researching clinical trials and just really understanding pathology, uh, from a very, very young age. And I think since then, I think I'd always had like deep, deep curiosity about the way that we take care of our bodies and the way that we make choices for our health and where that information comes from and how those choices happen. And really at my last company, I had had a miscarriage and it was a very good existential moment to just say, you know, if you know how to build companies, you know how to raise capital, you know, you know how to build technology, you know how to put all the right people in the room, you know how to make things, you know, acquire, uh, you know, um, efficiently online, you know, how to growth grow things, um, you know, what are you going to do with all that? I think that, you know, existentially, that's the question I think a lot of people ask. And, 
I think that was where, um, for me, I, I actually got very pregnant right after I had the miscarriage and I had resigned from my previous company, which, you know, as a female co-founder in tech is not like the easiest decision to do. Um, and that ultimately I got pregnant and I met my co-founder when I was pregnant and that led me to really codify, I think my belief in what the microbiome and what microbes were going to be for our future. Um, and I knew that I could spend the rest of my life uh, bringing the invisible world, <laughs> uh, making it visible, um, and also thinking about how we could really change many, many, many things in our world. That's great. And you have a beautiful website as well, uh, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, so much, um, so much of our of our work is actually really about, um, you know, the, the communication of science and how we can make science beautiful, um, which is, I think we know over the past year, um, science, you know, there's this really beautiful quote by Mark Wolpert, who is a UK scientific advisor. And he says, science isn't finished until it's communicated. And I think we've never known that more starkly than when looking at COVID and climate change. And I think we spend a tremendous amount of time, not just making like pretty things, but really thinking about how you could change the tenor and the quality of how science could be heard um, and actioned and inform and give people a lot of agency and understanding over the choices they make. And so we spent a lot, inordinate amount of time thinking about the new mediums and, and ways that science could show up in a way that could be um, different uh, than maybe your sixth grade bio class, which wasn't that impactful because most people don't become biologists after they learn science out of a textbook in a boring class. Right. Well, as a brand investor and advisor of many years, I've seen probably 20,000 companies and very few uh, have the uniqueness, I think, of the, the product, the efficacy, uh, really at the cutting edge of wellness, moving that visible wellness of uh, ingredients and carbs and the keto and you know, uh, glucose, sucrose, uh, fiber, all those things are very visible. Of course, it's very important what we eat, but then ironically, you know, just like a business, I mean, you can put a lot of ingredients into it, but if you're not really metabolizing it well, um, then it's not as efficacious or it's not as healthy as it could be. So for you guys, going into probiotics, being a health nerd myself, I think it's it's really a good time to build probiotics because there's been so much of explosion of branding and products and packaging and some of which are is is um, genuine or, or less genuine. But for probiotics, um, I think it's it, it's an interesting communication challenge of making it in your case, you make it both visible and more accessible, but then there's also the quality or the perceived quality of the ingredients. And then there's also the educational side. So for, you know, for founders thinking about, let's say in healthcare or wellness or consumer brands, and with your background, you know, with some of your background from spring and from my body green, I mean, how are you, how are you blending that, the, the, the techie nerdy side of, of the actual ingredients and efficacy with more of the, you know, more of the adoption of, okay, I need to take this because it seems like it's all upside that it's kind of a no brainer. How do you, you know, balance that communication of the sophistication, but also the simplicity and adoption of that product? You know, it's a great question. I mean, the, the, the thing that gets really lost, I think in some of these conversations is, um, is something effective, like start, starting, I think from, from there, which I think these conversations very can very quickly not not this conversation but a lot of conversations that and questions that we we get asked have a lot to do with more marketing um and i think that is like a really a, a function 
of its of the context, I think, of where wellness is today, which is a lot of language that a lawyer has kind of said is compliant, um, in some cases, wildly not. Uh, and certainly in probiotics, the sensationalism uh, and the evangelism over evidence is kind of rampant. Um, just in the last week, uh, and we don't have to go into that on this on this podcast, but the amount of class action suits that are mounting against companies that use the term probiotic uh, erroneously um, is growing very fast, um, and that's across like skincare all the way to yogurt. And so, I think there is a reckoning kind of coming, and I think that we had always felt very very strongly that we play the long game. I think we had always felt very strongly that to to just convert one little better Facebook ad and even like risk the notion of uh, eroding any of our scientific integrity would be so greatly dilutive in the long run. And most importantly, like a disservice to humans who are trying to make good choices for their health. And I think that we spend <laughs> a ridiculous amount of time. Uh, well, obviously I think the first piece is that we have, like we work with the, the probably the most prominent researchers in various disciplines across every aspect of our R&D pipeline uh, in the world. And that's primarily out of academia. Um, and those are people that for the most part, researchers that have never attached their name to a consumer health company before, meaning uh, never been involved in a company that does not actively have to go through regulatory pathways for therapeutics, where there's obviously a lot more stringent, um, despite popular belief, <laughs> a lot more stringent you know, rules in place uh, to be able to market and say anything. And so I think we take that certainly very seriously. Many of our scientists are tenured and or our labs are funded academically and, and certainly would just take that. So it's very meaningful that they're involved in our ecosystem, but even more meaningful that we would never do, do anything to compromise their integrity. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, our thesis was with all of the noise, all of the sensationalism, all of the hyperbole, the cure-all marketing, like play the long game and use precision and specificity, um, do the science, do really good science, publish about it, put it up for peer review, um, go through all the, 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 the ways that I think science has attempted to at least move knowledge forward and be able to verify the things it's saying, um, which, which does have obviously all, all kinds of problems with it. I don't wanna sound like I'm a purist and, or nor naive, but, um, I would say it's a hell of a lot better than going to contract manufacturer, putting stuff in a bottle and being like, what am I allowed to say? Um, which is what most things are. And so I think that, I mean, look, our, our chief scientist authored the, w, the WHO and the UN panel that authored the scientific definition of the term probiotic that is wildly accepted in science as an actual terminology, has a very clear definition. In the EU, you cannot use the term probiotic. It is highly regulated, high burden of evidence to be able to demonstrate efficacy as a probiotic in human body. In the US, the term's not regulated. Hence, you have probiotic pillowcases, tortilla chips, chocolate bars, uh, bed sheets <laughs> was one of the latest ones I was shown, uh, underwear, uh, and then of course, um, the kombucha fermented foods and all other aisles that um, just kind of throw the term around, which as I said, based on the class action suits I saw come out this week, uh, I think that that time is gonna come to an end soon. Um, and so, you know, I think we just always knew that that was going to happen. And I think that we felt that most importantly, that we could make things where using microbes to impact human health were rigorously tested and studied um, and that you could impact people's bodies. And, and I think at the end of the day, we come from this perspective of 
there's a reason that double-blind randomized con placebo-controlled trials are still the gold standard um, in demonstrating efficacy. And I think that that's, you know, I think if you're not doing some of that work and, and really nudging the world forward that way, um, I think then you can benefit from the placebo effect for a long time, obviously. And I think people have wonderful intentions. So it's not like necessarily malicious intent. Um, but I think that we should have a higher standard for what we put in our bodies and in our children's bodies. Your chief scientist, uh, Dr. Reed, your handsome gentleman. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. He's, he's, he's a, impressive with yeah. 28 patents. Uh, and he also supporting honeybees, which is important because they, they seem to be having some, some difficulties recently. So how do you also build a, such a consumer brand in this case, a, a, a really a B2C classic wellness ingredient consumer brand and go obviously way beyond the, the, the GNC vitamin world that we all grew up in. Um, how do you communicate the mission within the company as a leader and fuse the organization with that passion, uh, but also, I guess, balance the tactical side of execution as a, as a fast growing venture capital company um, with the science? How do you blend that within the organization, you know, in, internally in terms of culture, in terms of management, and how does also how does that work in terms of the board? With your uh, maybe as our final comment, given that you're recently raised some healthy amount of money and you have a, a fairly sophisticated board, also Founders Fund as an investor in Coyo, which was one of the companies we we back way back. It's a great organization, but kind of walk the listener through our listeners through um, that balance of you know, fast growth, sophistication, advancement of the, of, of the mission, uh, but also keeping it, you know, keeping it simple internally so the employees and staff can really just do their job and grow. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful question because there's so many things that are automatic and unconscious <laughs> that I'm not aware of that we do in what you said, uh, meaning that I take it for granted that this is just like our basic operating system. Like we've never really had an issue. Like there's never been a meeting that's like, could we start saying it like this so that we could like convert better? That doesn't happen at seed ironically. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think that has to do with the humans that show up in our world. I think it has to do with the clarity with which people understand our higher compass. Um, there's never been a moment where I literally not one moment where we've ever did an experiment to just kind of like toe the line a little and just see if we could like put our toes a little closer to the, like, I mean, we've never even used a testimonial in our marketing just to, just to like <laughs> be clear. Uh, we've been working on it for a year. We've been trying to figure out like, is there a meaningful way that would feel integrous to be even be able to talk about the experiences that are life-changing for the people that take our products. And we get those emails every single day. And our answer, like I'll give you a really good example, and this is of course purely anecdotal with absolutely no claims associated with it. Our answer to these things is like longer. It's like, okay, we know since we started um, our flagship, our DSO-1, people with Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, um, IBD and IBS across that spectrum have continued to reportedly, and by the way, there's three investors on our cap table who came to us saying that this was the only thing that changed their life and allowed them to go to work and live. Um, and we had no idea, right? Like that was not, we didn't set out to study IBS. 
we're not surprised understanding what we do a little bit mechanistically about, or not mechanistically, but like functionally about the microbiome and its role in IBS, but these are very complex conditions. So our answer wasn't to go like take an ellipsis quote, put it in a Facebook ad. Our answer was we have an IBS trial at Harvard Medical School now with Dr. Anthony Lembo as the principal investigator um, trying to understand why people are having that experience to then, to then further characterize and potentially be able to publish um, and then be able to potentially share it with the communities uh, that it could be meaningful for. Um, and even then, unless it goes through a drug path, we still couldn't even say anything about those conditions. And so I, I, I say that to say that, like, I think actually we've never really had the, I think what you're trying to say, what you were trying to maybe get at is like, are, is your acquisition team being like, can't we just say like, cures IBS? And like, we're like, no, you can't do that. Like, it's just never, even, it's just never even come up. And I think that that has a lot to do with, I think, why people are attracted to us. Um, and, and I'll be very, very honest that our demand has always outpaced our, outpaced our, <laughs> outpaced our supply with actually doing very little. And I think that goes back to what I said earlier, which is we've just always played the long game and we have a product that's extraordinary um, and that is impactful for people. And then of course, not every, not every person um, and some, or, and, or it's impactful and they don't even know it's impactful and they just keep taking it because they believe that it's doing something and they don't even feel anything. And so, you know, there's a huge spectrum there, but of the people that report to us how meaningful it's been for them, I think that that's not because we've had a cute Facebook ad where we like really try to get close to the FCC lines of, of what's appropriate and legal. I think it's because it works. I mean, someone I think to wrap it up here, I think there's such a, a robust community of health and wellness with, uh, you know, the accessible goop world for the, the busy woman to the more complicated uh, ingredients that you would, you know, create a program with your nutritionist, which is a bit more custom sort of like, you know, you, someone who would be on glow or, or calm or, or MBF. And, and, but there, there's a lot of the world has been teaching us that we are what we eat. So it's really about ingredients and calories and what's the carb protein ratio and, and what's the cholesterol mix. And then, you know, before you know it, um, it's confusing because they say, well, you, you should probably go more protein or you really don't need to worry about your cholesterol. It's really how you're wired through genetics. And you're like, well, if no one really knows what I should eat, nobody should worry if I'm having the bacon, then because it's in my genes and what's left. I think what's interesting about probiotics is it's how it's processed in your, in your body, in your, in your, in your GI. And it's sort of this invisible concept. Um, so lastly, what is, what is seed labs and like, what, where do you, how do you guys take this human probiotic adventure into, um, into other areas? Let's say like you're, you have potential, uh, ancillary benefits for honeybees or insects or honey or their, you know, stress in terms of the climate change. So there's such an interesting, uh, range of, of, of benefits of, of high quality probiotics. It's interesting. Sure. Well, I mean, I'll just speak to the nutrition piece first for just a second. Um, the, the, the microbiome plays a huge role in diet, in, in, in how you metabolize food and, and what's extracted and, and obviously how food, the interplay of food and diet and the microbiome is a field that is 
exploding. And I think that as these, particularly as these large data sets are going to are em, converging and emerging, um, we are knowing much more, much more. I highly recommend Mark Bittman's new book in defense of food, which does talk about nutritionism. And I think the way that we've perverted our relationship to food in like incredibly kind of disgusting ways that I think has created like basically just marketing narratives <laughs> um, and very a lot of self-interest and opportunism. I think that, um, and, and to try and answer questions that actually for most of history, like people didn't need an expert to tell them what to eat. Uh, and so, you know, I, and, and, and of course that's very complicated in our current, current world and particularly with the rise of all these non-communicable diseases, it's really important. And certainly there is an aspect of individu individuation, um, whether it's genomics and, or other inputs um, that do make it very personal. But I would say that there's a lot of research from microbiome that really does support and is very clear that a largely plant-based diet um, it is, is fairly non-disputed uh, for the most part, obviously with the ability to get, um, you know, long chain fatty acids and other things and other, you know, minerals and vitamins that, that have to have to be of course considered too, but, you know, it's very clear the role of polyphenols, the, the role of specific, um, compounds and what microbes do with them and their production of short chain fatty acids and secondary metabolites that are critical for the role of your feeding, feeding the cells of your, you know, epithelial wall, making sure that that the integrity of that wall is there. Um, the, the, the absolutely, like we know that microbes, um, regulate the reuptake of cholesterol and on the gut liver access, they're a part of that role they're, they, they play a role in that. We know that microbes, and this is what blew the field open. We know that microbes play a huge role in metabolism and, and also glycemic response, um, and glucose response to certain foods. And so we know, I mean, this is, this has been cutting edge research now for a few years, but, you know, I think we're only going to continue to see this field grow and probably confirm a lot of what I think, unfortunately, is not a very interesting story <laughs> for, for marketers, which is like, it's a pretty good, it's pretty good supportive plants uh, and pretty poor supports of cer certain, certain other foods. And of course, of course, certainly um, re-evaluation re of um, and confirmation of, of course, things like artificial sweeteners and all the things that we already kind of know are bad, but we, now we understand that there's a microbial component of what they're impacting beyond just the human part of us. The other question, just to very quickly answer on, on seed labs, is that th that's our area where we look at the application of microbes um, for ecological recovery uh, in certain ecosystems um, out beyond humans. And so that means taking strains, for example, our probiotic for honeybees. You know, honeybees have a gut, honeybees have their own gut microbiome. That gut microbiome, very similar to ours, uh, is susceptible to all kinds of environmental factors. In this case, our research was on the impact of neonicotinoid pesticides in the gut microbiome and the immune res resilience of honeybees, um, and also the in for both colony collapse disorder as well as uh, instances of American fullbrow disease, which actually impacts the larvae of, of bees. And so that was taking a three-strain probiotic and testing to look at, could you increase the immune resilience of honeybees in the presence of these pesticides. And bees are, bees are so important. It's not just the honey at the farm stand, it's the whole ecosystem of flowers and pollen. I mean, if we, if we lost bees and we continue to leave, lose bees at the rate that we do, most of the fruits and vegetables that you love will not, can't persist, at least not in the current ecosystem and ecology. Um, and so that's our, that was one of our first projects and we've continued to build on that research. And then second one we're about to announce in June, is our probiotic for coral reefs, um, which also play a very important, not dissimilar to bees, play an extraordinary 
extraordinarily important role in the ocean microbiome, and then of course have all kinds of other impacts to the rest of the marine ecosystem. Um, and so that's an instance where, because of course, I'm sure you know about coral bleaching and of course coral loss and of course rising temperatures changes the ecosystem entirely. And so we're looking at how you could apply microbes to coral reefs um, to be able to um, make them more heat resistant. So to rising temperatures and also allow them to thrive um, uh, despite some of the changing environmental conditions, which would then of course be helpful and impactful to the rest of the marine ecosystem. That's wonderful that you can find more about this wonderful company and learn more about probiotics and what's good for your, your, your system at eatseedhealth.com and seed.com. And you can shop online and in other, other places, I'm sure. But I think it's interesting looking at how we deal with boards and, and leadership and board construction and the environment of the board is, is that you can have wonderful resumes, uh, people, you can have a lot of, a lot of intellect and, and, and smarts. Uh, and even people working together well at the board level, but um, for it to be most effective as a board, as a governing body, just like running your company, it's also it's also that invisible ingredient essentially. So tying the analogy to to your product is dealing with the invisible in the body. Um, you know, we're really trying to address and help help entrepreneurs, help owners, help board members to think about the broader ecosystem of the board. And some of those things are not, are not visible. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, we, we like to say that when, when you can tell people that they're 50% human, <laughs> hopefully, you know, you can inspire them to, to, um, to think that there's an entire ecology and ecosystem that lives within them, within their children. You said you're in your son's room. So, you know, the, the, this notion that, you know, three to five pounds of your son's body is not human, which means that like, what does that mean for how we raise our children, the choices we make, and then the deeper that we understand this world, you know, it really creates this kind of lens on the world that um, at least we hope both engenders more stewardship of our own health and understanding the role that the choices that we make uh, impact, how that impacts this kind of invisible world of our microbiome not just our gut microbiome, but but the other microbiomes that exist across the body. Um, and then of course, uh, how it impacts our children's and, and certainly how it also can inform a greater connectivity to the microbes that in, in, you know, in, exist in the environment um, and how critical they are. Uh, and how, I mean, you know, the microbes in soil, just as an example, are, are, are have impact everything from, you know, carbon, uh, you know, nitrogen fixing to, um, uh, to, you know, the, the nutrient density of our foods. Um, and, the, and that's because of the crosstalk between microbes, um, and, and, and their role in plants. Um, and it's all, it's all connected, you know, and, and I think that there's been so many, but from indigenous tribes to scientists, you know, ringing alarms for so many years, I think it's, you know, we're at a tipping point where if we don't pay attention to these things, like we really, we really are doing things that are whole, wholly irreversible both to ourselves and to, to our home. Yeah. I'm optimistic. I think people are learning. They have to be more, more mindful, not just about the environment, but also their, uh, their nutrition and, and, and beyond what's up. You can reach era cats uh, on LinkedIn on uh, their website. And I think she'll also answer to Ara as well, depending on what day it is. And uh, her partner is a, a wonderful entrepreneur as well. Raja Deer. Um, if you have any questions about the company or the 38 billion trillion or trillion, <laughs> trillion microorganisms, you can, you can reach out to her. I think 
uh, era is pretty busy. They just closed a $40 million round. So she's got her head down to spend that and grow that. But congratulations on that. And, and thank you for joining us today to share more about your company and your passion. It's a wonderful mission and, uh, and a beautiful product as well. Thank you so much for having me and for your really thoughtful questions. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Pulse is a digital collection of personal conversations with respected private company experts. Pulse listeners enjoy enlightening lessons, wisdom, and journeys of interesting people. Pulse is a production of Wisdom Board, a trusted leadership brand dedicated to empowering private companies to achieve excellence in the boardroom. Wisdom Board lives on LinkedIn and online at wisdomboard.co. Please subscribe to our podcast, available on all major channels, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. I am Adam Smith founder of Wisdom Board. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Board Pulse podcast.